0: Since we started the show, I get asked all sorts of questions about who to bet on and who to bet with. I don't know who's always going to win, but I do know where to go. The answer is my bookie. Between our live in game betting, endless props, and fancy sports wagers, there's something for everyone. With the best player perks in the sports book business, they've gone, they've been good to us, and we know they'll be good to you. They're hooking up our listeners all month. Visit mybookie.ag and use the promo code PANTHER25 when creating your account to claim your 50% bonus. You're laying down $100, bucks, you have now got an extra $50 in play. That's mybookie.ag, promo code PANTHER25. You play, you win, you get paid. Hey guys, it's Blood Harris here with another Panther ants podcast. Welcome in you guys, it's Friday, we've made it. It's Memorial Day weekend, and just to let you know, it's Memorial Day, just in case you thought it was cookout weekend, or get shit-faced weekend, or go to a pirate game weekend. It's Memorial Day, damn it, and it's America. Well, that's pretty much sums up the whole memes thing. Basically, Memorial Day weekend is a time where, you know... We spend time with loved ones, and for those who fought, you know, who were in the service, we remember those who didn't make it back. And you know, these people could be relatives of yours, someone you know, or even someone you know. Or if you, or if you fought in the military, you know, if you're in, you know, if you're in the military, and you happen to fight in a war. Maybe it's someone who just you know you, know, you fall you follow alongside them, didn't come back. I mean you know, I spent like a while watching MRE you know I think I talked to, I think I spoke about this in a previous podcast where I was watching the the MREs where the guy was ordering them from people. He was opening up MRE, MREs from like uh like World War II World War I Vietnam he even had an MRE from the 1800s like like late 1800s from Britain and he ate it actually the the food was actually edible it was basically like dried beef it was basically beef jerky is pretty much what it was and and I guess if you cooked it in water it turned into beef actually but you know his favorite part of the whole thing is obviously the uh, accessory pack because you know and World War One, World War Two, in Vietnam, you got packs of cigarettes. And even the guy, even the guy said, if you when he watched, he said the cigarettes are the best part. He's because the c- cigarettes, they're made at a time where they you know the um, they didn't put a whole lot of stuff in the tobacco. There was there was less chemicals. And so he said the cigarettes are actually really good. The one thing he does love, is, he does love, is the coffee because the coffee's instant, but he said the, the coffee is just. It's delicious. It's like coffee from World War II, like from the forties. The instant coffee. He said it was less acidity, and it just went down smooth. But yeah, you know, my when my dad went. He said like, uh, you know, he never, you know, he's never really opened up much about the Vietnam War until I guess when I show I start showing the MREs. He would that's when he started talking about you know his time there because he, you know. My four years of existence close to, he hasn't really spoken too much about it. But basically, he he was a combat engineer, and every morning he had to go out to the village and do mine sweeps. That was part of his uh, duties, and you know, like he's. And I think I mentioned this before, he knew when there was the when the VC was around, when he, they found dead bodies the next morning. He said, a lot of times it was for them planting mines, and a lot of times it was their own soldiers blowing themselves up because they forgot where they were when they were planting the mine, you know, the mines. <laughs> and you know, he said, you know, they really didn't cut a whole lot of wires when they found mines. They just took a stick of dynamite and just blew the thing up, and you know, that way. But one thing he mentioned was what the MREs is. They would um, get them. And a lot of guys would trade their MREs. If there were some, you know, if there was ones that they got they like, they would trade them to other soldiers. And he said, like, you know, where they stayed, they had, they had a, a, a cafeteria or cook on site, so they really never really used MREs a whole lot. He said the MREs were mostly for when you were out in the field and you were there, going to be there, out there a long time for like maybe like a day, day or two, who knows? That's when you had. That's when you had those. They were just more for emergency. But a lot of guys, they would trade. You know, their MREs. If there was some food, a certain food they liked, or if some didn't smoke, they would give their cigarettes away. And and you got different types. There was actually different types of cigarettes. You got whatever they were: Marlboros, Luckys, and guys traded them. But that, but the t- you know they, they they got toilet paper with their thing. And my dad said, you know, when you were out in the field, you had to carry your toilet paper. They'd always put in their helmets. But pretty much when it rained, the toilet paper would be pretty much useless after that. and They would throw it, you know, you pretty much throw it aside. But my dad will be marching the parade. I think he's, he's marching the same parade for over 40 years now. Every year he says he's going to be, be done doing it. He still gets his uniform pressed and he'll do it. And he'll visit the cemeteries. And they'll plant the flags because I've done that before, and you know they'll do the um, the salute, the gun salute. You know that's that. I mean, you know at least they get you know at least now with the parade they had a marching band because I remember for the longest time when I was a kid we didn't have we didn't have a um, we didn't have a, a, a band. We had a uh, basically what we what they would do was they would take a uh, a Chevy Blazer or a GMC Jimmy. And they would put a stereo system in it and they would blast the parade music from it and they would drive down the thing. And we would all march. You'd have the uh, the veterans, the Boy Scouts, and then all the baseball teams. Now you won't even see that anymore. So I don't you know. I don't know. It's, been, it's been a long time. But uh, enjoy it, guys. Have fun. Stay safe. Because I know I will. Anyways, let's get to some Pitt stuff. So Pitt uh, landed a Florida transfer. Uh, Colin Johnson, he's a graduate transfer. He's a linebacker. He was a three-star recruit out of uh, Dallas, Texas. This is according to Cardiac Hill. The man who wrote this is Mike Wilson. He wrote this up, so I'm going to give him credit for it. So I'm not, you know, hijacking information. But obviously, he you know, he came out of Dallas, and he spent four years with the Gators, and he was a letterman. He's got one year of elig- eligibility left. He's, he'll play immediately. He played 33 games in Florida. He, had, he started nine of them, 83 total tackles, five, five, five and a half for losses on one sack. Basically, Pitney's experience in linebacker. They, well, they need the linebackers because they lost a whole bunch of guys. You know, Adubu, Wurgenis, and Zeiss were all gone. Thanks, Mike, for all this, by the way, if you're listening, or if somebody on here is listening from Cardiac Hill. But, uh, yeah, Mike pretty much breaks this down, and you know, Pitt obviously needs help in this uh, thing. So, hey, that's awesome. So, obviously, there was another issue that happened. Uh, Nick Kai Green commits to Michigan, and I guess he was a whippy old kid. And obviously, Pitt was supposedly his dream school, as I, was, was I suppose is what I read on Twitter. I don't know if that's true or not. But Michigan came and offered him, and he took it. I mean, that's just the reality, guys. I mean, we've been through this before, and of course, there's some hot takes about what does Pitt need to do about local recruiting? Look, recruiting has been an issue of Pitt since I've been hopped up on this recruiting stuff. This was over, this is almost 20 years ago. Low recruiting has been an issue, but then it's going to be always going to be an issue. And there's always going to be some reasons for it. There's going to be some reason a kid, a kid locally goes elsewhere. It's either he didn't get offered quick enough, or the, the, uh, the coach is upset because we didn't offer one of the kids from last year or previous years. So he doesn't want his kid go in the pit, although it's not really his kid it's just a kid who plays for him, but you know to them it's it's their players they want you know they're gonna push him elsewhere, or you know the kid had a family member, and whether it's a distant cousin or whatever that you know Pitt didn't offer or maybe he went to the pit and pit didn't play him and yeah it's just it's just so many angles and so many variables as to why local kids go elsewhere. The two big ones are this: if a bigger school offers them, they're going to go, most likely. There's a good 60 same percent chance, maybe even higher, that they'll that they'll go. And that just is what it is. Two, not every kid wants to stay in Pittsburgh when they graduate high school. They don't want to go to Pitt. They want to go elsewhere, and they probably don't want to play in Heinz Field. They want to go somewhere else and, you know, whether if the weather's nice or if it's a bigger school or it's just a bigger stadium, it just is what it is. I mean, 7-7 in a Coastal Division championship is it going to win you over local kids at all. It won't. So Pitt has to go elsewhere to get players. That's just the, that's the reality of it. That's where we're at. So I don't think anybody should really jump off the ledge if our local kids are going elsewhere. They've been doing it for years, and they're going to keep doing it. So all I can say is, you know, just buckle up. <laughs> that's all you can do. You know. We'll get players. We've always gotten players. We'll stick it we'll still get players. They may not be the one you know, we may not get get the, the whole thing that we want. But it is what it is. Obviously we want a whole team, not just you know, players. We love having an Aaron Donald, but we want a full team of Aaron Donald's whether they play offense, defense, whatever. And, well, for one thing, Aaron Donald was a two- or three-star recruit, so you're not going to find diamonds in rough on every position. And you might not land really good players in position, or some you have to develop. So, really, it's nothing really they get angry about. With local kids, it just is what it is. So... I would say just get over it and move on. So we got some NBA stuff happen. Uh, the Warriors obviously swept the Blazers. I had the Blazers losing this game, losing the series in six because I thought you know, after a big win against a uh, series win against Denver, Portland would be on the prowl, but. The Warriors, at the end of the day, are just a really good team, and they're really well coached. They're basically what the New England Patriots are in the NFL. You know, what New England is in the NFL is what the Warriors are currently with, with the NBA. It's just a group, group of players, and they're well coached. They know what to do. You know, they took out uh, Dame Lillard and CJ. Actually, more Dame than anything... The problem with Dame is he gets, to, he gets to be hero ball at times, and they know it. And they put him in positions where he, they know he, he will fuck up, and that's what happened. <clears throat> you know, and when Steph and Clay are on, they're on. And I think, the, you know, the, the, obviously the MVP of that series was Draymond. And I, you know, as much as I dislike Draymond Green, I would take him on my team any day because he does a lot of stuff for some players he can't do I mean but Draymond he could do it. there's just a lot of things he can do not to mention he he gets into people mentally and that's one thing with the Rocket Series He he got into the heads of those players sure there was the eye gouge but there was more than that mentally he got into these guys heads as well so much for that but now They get a rest now, and of course Raptors and Bucks are battling each other. Raptors fell down two games early, and it looked like the series was going to be over. But the Raptors figured out the Bucks. They took out Giannis. They took his ability to drive to the the hoop, and they made him more stationary, where he has to you know take take jump shots. And they won three straight. Game five, they, you know, it seemed like the Bucs were gonna, were finding ways to match them. But then they fell apart in the end. You know, Kawhi took things over. And, you know, plus, you had Fred VanVleet, who uh, stepped up. And that's one thing I heard the Bucs this past game is the guys who usually step up d- didn't. I mean, is the series over? No. They, they have two more games to go. And I think the Bucs... They let this pass this game last night slip away, and I think they have a chance to take Game Six. But the problem is, so they have to they have, they have to do it at Toronto, and it's going to be a rowdy ass arena. I mean, they're, they're going to be they're going to be lit up because they win this, they're going to the finals. You know, personally, I'd rather see the Toronto go than the Bucks because I think Toronto would be a better better matchup defensively. Against Golden State. Plus, I think Kawhi. It's you know this for Kawhi. I think this would be more personal for him because last time he really faced these guys in the playoffs, the Spurs had a big lead, and Zaza Pachulia somehow, you know, he went to block Kawhi, shot and landed on his leg. I mean, as much as we like to blame Zaza for doing that and basically, you know, the Warriors being crooked and cheating their way to that Spurs series, you know, win. The Warriors were pretty much going to win that series anyway because Kawhi got hurt the previous series against the Rockets. So if it, if that injury didn't happen then, it was going to happen later in that series anyway. So it really, it really doesn't matter if Kawhi was, you know, didn't get hurt on that play or not. The Warriors would have won that series anyway. They would, they would have figured it out, and I'm sure Kawhi. I mean, the guy was, half, I mean, the guy was hopping on a leg and a half anyway. Eventually, you know, his body would have given up. His body would have gave way. But now he, that's the thing about him now is he's hurt again, and I'm wondering if the Bucks, you know, trying to exploit that as much as they can. We'll see. Uh, Stanley Cup playoffs Monday, guys. We got the Blues and the Bruins. Now the Blues could have easily swept swept the uh, Sharks. Well, game one obviously was the Sharks, but the Blues uh, spotted them a whole bunch of goals in that game, and that's pretty much why that game why that series went six games in the first place. Well, of course you have the, you have the hand pass. But down 2-1, he figured the Blues would be deflated. They came back and beat the shit out of the Sharks in the next three games. And so that's the end of Joe Thornton. And, you know, it happens. You know, there's plenty of great athletes who don't win championships. We can't win one for everybody unless we pass the uh, the Championship Fairness Act. Where we get going to... You know, we're, when they make it to the playoffs, we declare them all champions. And this whole playoff thing could be, be just an exhibition. Would that be cool? Or no, you know, if they don't get to the... If they, make it the final four teams are the champs. And then the rest of this is just a showcase bullshit crap. <laughs> yeah, these uh, yeah, we're naming all four of these teams champions. And, uh, yeah, these wrestling games are just an exhibition of, uh, you know, of their greatness. <laughs> it happens. Not everybody wins a title. We know this. And that's just part of life. I mean, I never wanna <clears throat> I think, you know, when I play Little League Baseball, I never won a uh, Little League Championship. I mean, we won the All-Star title, but we never, you know, I never, I never played on a winning team, but... Whereas some parents, you know, didn't like that whole thing, so what they would do is they, they would move Johnny out of the neighborhood and put him on a team, you know, so he can play on a t- team that was winning. We had that before. We had, we had one kid that was playing on two teams. It was playing on our team, which was, was which was the shitty team, but then he was playing for another team in another neighborhood that was winning, And of course, any time that he had a game where our game, you know, where our game conflicted with theirs, they would make sure he was playing on the winning team. So, yeah. I mean, basically, the parents thought the world of this kid, and they thought he was going to be a pro athlete. Yeah, it just didn't happen that way. I mean, I think he's a gym teacher now, but. Yeah, they, they thought they basically thought he was gonna be their milk ticket out, but you know He uh he was a decent hockey player in high school and of course he never got any college offers and they blamed that on the prep schools because he didn't play for a prep school. I think he was playing I forget where, it was a hockey club, but he was like a fourth liner. And that's the thing, when you get the when you get the college, especially college hockey if you're good in high school, or halfway decent, guys like you are diamond does when you get to college, and that's why you gotta keep training, you gotta keep practicing hard, or it just never gonna happen. And for me, my parents wanted me to get, they wanted me to play along, when I trying to get my little my my learning jacket because because you know every year we had a banquet, and every every level you got some sort of you know accomplishment. And uh, for me, my parents <clears throat> wanted me to stay long enough so I can get that little league winter jacket. Because there's the one level where you got the windbreaker. You can only wear it in springtime. But once you get to once you finish this one level of little league, you got the nice big winter jacket. And it had like the, you know, your neighborhood's logo on it. And it was like, it was like a stash symbol. Like you meant something like, yeah, I, excuse me, I just bumped the table. Yeah, I play for this little league team. Yeah. I mean, same with, uh, when I was in Catholic school for basketball. There was the, uh, you know, fourth grade, you got the little trophy. (laughs) <laughs> the participation trophy—I guess you could call it. Fifth grade you got the plaque. Sixth grade—I think you got you got you got the nice winter jacket. You know the the button down. I forget what seventh grade was though. Some I, I don't know what they got for seventh grade. Eighth grade—I know they got a big ass trophy. And I think they got like a even more fancier jacket. Man, those were the days. <clears throat> but I know, like I know, like with deck hockey, we won a championship in deck hockey, and um, we had two choices: we could either get the trophy, the trophies, or the uh, or get free registration the next year. And I think we took the trophies because you know winning a deck hockey time was a huge deal for us. And of course, we got. To ha- and of course, they had this big like trophy with with the with the n- names of the teams on the plaque for every season they won a championship, and we got to have our name on that plaque. That was, you know, that was, you know, that's what you strive for. But then the league got a little bit out of hand as we got older, and this was during the WWE Attitude Era. And basically, going to every game was like going to a WWE match. Games would just end in fights, and then they started making money prizes for leagues where you won a certain sum of money. And I think I quit. I think I quit before that. I did, but I do know the fine got even more worse because you know there it was over money now. But for me to go, I think. I stopped playing one of the big reasons why is because my grades in college were suffering and the thing about going to deck hockey is you have to leave an hour before your game just to get to the rink then you play for an hour and then you got to drive back home which is another hour so three hours out of your night is gone of studying so I kind of realized that you know I'm in college I need to you know, get decent grades so I can get like a decent job. So yeah, I gave up deck hockey to pursue my degree. <laughs> Imagine how that sounds now. Yeah, I gave it up to pursue my degree. <laughs> I realize I just can't continue professionally with this. And of course they have, they have traveled deck hockey and roller hockey teams as well. I don't know if they still do all that now, but I know a whole bunch of guys that did that. They would travel to different rinks. They had travel leagues. And they would play. Yeah. So. There was all that. And of course. I do remember. There was a deck hockey rink. In the south side. By the ice arena. Neville, Neville ice arena. Yeah. Those were some fun times too. As well. But like. Th- the thing is. is. The thing is, if you had rivals with other teams, you can't really... Going to the rink was always a... The ice skate was always fun because you always ran into these people. Especially the mall, too. If you go to the mall, you would run into like teams you play against if if, if they hate each other. <laughs> Sometimes arguments broke out in the food courts. I think one time we were in JCPenney's and um, there was one guy who got kicked out of the league and I guess we were we we're in Penney's looking at clothes... I don't know. For, I for, I forget for what. I think my friend was looking for clothes for some job interview, and this was like in high school. And I think, weather goons like a solace, and he just like they just they just start running their mouth in the no J C Pennies. <laughs> oh man, that was. God, those were some fun times. But I remember coming back. to Playing deck hockey years later, I was like, I think that was like we. I stopped playing when I was around 20, and I remember when we were 27, 28, we started playing again. And like a fight broke out at one of our games at the end of the mat and at the end of the thing, because their team obviously had alpha male syndrome and wanted to rub it in that they beat us. So of course a fight breaks out, and we're trying to break it up. And I just remember somebody saying, "Come on, guys, it's dulling deck hockey." But yeah, it never changed. I mean, I think we did win one more championship. I forget what division it was. I think it was one of the lower divisions. But I think we tried to play. We then we went the next the, the last season we played. We went twelve and zero, ran the table to the championship. Game one we lost because we were out drinking the night before, and we were all, and the game was at nine o'clock and eight o'clock in the morning. We were all still drunk. And I think we lost that game. I think like nine nothing. I just remember I was on defense. I remember the I just remember the deck hockey rink spinning in circles. I think I fell down a few times too. Yeah, that was horrible. And I think, and I think then we had you know the next game as well. I think we we lost that as well, and that was the end. Oh well, I'm done rambling. You guys have a uh, great weekend. Hail to pit.